Many, many years ago, it was foretold by a wise man that a podcast would come and change the world. It would revolutionize the way we think about the world around us, the Bible, our faith journeys. This is not that podcast. (laughs) We're still searching. (laughs) We're still searching. Good morning, everyone, or evening, or afternoon, or fiesta, siesta uh, time. Whenever you are listening to us, uh, we welcome you. My name is Derek Wilson uh, from the cloudy and rainy because we're getting into the winter season in the Vancouver Island. I am joined here, as always, by my beautiful and lovely host, Tim Miller. Howdy. Um, howdy. Uh, from England. Cheerio. <laughs> Take a ride on the loo. Um, so, no, that's toilet, isn't it? Loo's toilet, right? The tube. That'd be, that'd be tube. quite the journey. Yeah, yeah. If the, if the tube me, was full a, of loo's. Yeah, yeah. Let's do a group poop. <laughs> uh, welcome. Yeah. We are starting off spectacularly today. Uh, as you can tell, we are in fine form. Uh, we welcome you. We are continuing our uh, reading of some of the New Testament. Um, I Matthew doing, 7. What? Matthew 7. Matthew 7. This is like our 30-something episode podcast. We're over half a year. Uh, so if you listen to one a week, you've got like 30 weeks covered. That's almost what, nine months or something, something like that? Not quite, eight. We're also not the math podcast. Yeah, we're also not the math podcast. <laughs> You're going to realize math. very soon that we do not know a lot. <laughs> What's it like, Nacho Libre? People think I don't know a buttload about the gospel, but I do. <laughs> wow, this is turning out to be great. This is why I should not introduce. Um, well, Tim... Do you have anything to add? So much, so much to add. Yeah. No, it's, uh, uh, as Derek did hint at at the beginning, while also, um, yeah, it was just, this is a chance to jump in together, have a conversation, look at the Bible, give God some space to challenge us, uh, particularly challenge us uh, on the things that we may have once thought or believed. Um, We were talking a little bit earlier on about the Homebrewed Christianity podcast, which is one of those ones, which is very much the foretold um, prophesied (laughs) podcast that would come and change the world. Um, But they've been doing a a series with um, two theologians, uh, Brian McLaren and Diana Butler Bass. And Diana speaks about something called the second naivete, which is about returning to the same place, but with a new vision or a new understanding or a new openness. And I think that's really resonated with me as I think about this kind of opportunity to come back to the Bible and sit in smaller passages and just ask those questions about what are we reading? What is God saying? What's the challenge for us today? And we do hope that uh, amongst all, all the bizarre things that we'll throw at you, particularly at the beginning and end, that somewhere in the middle, there's some content that is actually life-giving uh, to you and, and to the journey of faith that God is, is walking with you on. And we love, we hope and pray that at some point we can, be a part of that in a helpful way um if not least just to say this is the path you don't want to take stay with everyone else 
This is the wide path. Exactly. Exactly. Which we're going to hear about today. So prophetic, Derek, prophetic. Well, thank you for saving that introduction. Um, That train wreck of an introduction. Tim, uh, we are going to read the scripture Mm -hmm. for today and then we'll do a pause and then we'll go through it again. Mm -hmm. Like always, we're going to talk about kind of some uh, things that stick out to us, some questions, and then set the timer for 20 minutes. Try to be close to it, never are, and uh, talk about some of our questions and thoughts. So, Tim, would you like to start us off? Very happy to. Uh, So our reading this week comes from Matthew chapter 7, verses 12 to 23. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Whatever you wish, um, or enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy, that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard, that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy. That leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Because of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves, You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does will does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then 
will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Well, Tim, any thoughts or phrases that stuck out to you? Yeah, the, the one that, that stuck out to me both times is that final four words, you workers of lawlessness. That was, that was the one that hit me. How about, how about yourself? The whole thing. <laughs> Conviction. The um, Bible. Um. I think the Lord, Lord, um, prophesying mm -hmm. name, cast out demons. Um, mm -hmm. And the, the, those who find it are few. I think stuck out to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Question? Oh, sorry. Questions? Oh, gosh. I, I think the thing that I'm, I'm really um re really kind of coming back to which is something that's i i know it's been kind of coming up in my in my conversations on here over the last few months is is just that sense of like you know of how do we recognize fruit and what does it then mean to follow follow jesus because it, it seems to be that the people who who are are quickest to to kind of promote it uh, are the ones who jesus is saying are likely to have completely missed it um and and I, and that for that phrase for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few I, i'd like to yeah kind of talk a little bit about those things how about uh how about yourself other than questioning my own faith journey uh <laughs> <laughs> we've only got 20 minutes Derek, so we got 20 minutes um <laughs> years five to ten that's what you get yeah i think the question of well i you you hit it with your question and i just want to talk about it like i don't have questions about it i just want to work it out so all right let's just do well, it <laughs> all right so when i was asking that question or framing that question what and then you saying about like your faith journey so what is it that's going on with you in that well i the the thing that sticks out to me about this is there's two things that i'm kind of working through right now that i think apply to this one is i am listening <clears throat> and reading the orthodox heretic okay. by peter rawlings and the other one is this uh a men's group that means thursday mornings and we're talking about um the the relationship aspect and really about the whole what is the church about mm. and actually doing it like what's the are we actually doing what we're what we think we're we're doing mm. and the peter rawlings part that that's 
that I was referring to is he does this little parable, I think it's chapter one, where he talks about in this society, this country, whatever, uh, being a Christian is illegal. And this one man's brought before the judge and the judge looks at all the evidence and there's tons of evidence. Like the guy's highlight his book, it's well-worn. Um, he's got pictures and videos of him singing songs, worship songs, being in worship services, crying, doing paintings. Um, he's written poetry, uh, Christian poetry. He's done all these things that you would say is a, is a Christian thing. Um, and then judge goes away for a couple hours or a little bit of time and then comes back and says, you're innocent. The guy's relieved, but then he's like, wait, hold on. What about all, all this evidence? Mm -hmm. And the judge, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, or we're missing something. The judge is, well, these are all, all um, inward things. Uh, we don't need armchair theologians. Yeah, you read your Bible, you pray, you do worship services and stuff but you're not fighting the system that is oppressing you right now. You're not fighting this overall society, yeah. um, things that don't line up with your gospel. So we don't yeah. have an issue with you doing these personal inward things because they're not yeah. working for, for the outward, for the betterment of everyone. They're, yeah. they're just something you do. It's a hobby to you. And then with that podcast, yeah, after class one uh, fellowship and um, sharing with one another and growing with one another and the family aspect of how as the church are we um, portrayed or are we um, doing our best at being a close-knit family that grows together that walks with each other that that grows together um so much so that it's inviting to other people where they don't have mm. that we are the we are the essence of it we are the um we, we've got it down so much that people that's our evangelism where people want to come and be part of it because we yeah. are committed to one another and what we read about and what we mm. see in the bible we're that committed to it uh, living and growing and loving one another that it's inviting to other people. And I'm not doing that. I would say if they, like in Peter Rawlings, if I was put before the judge, I'd have all that evidence too, but real, but walking it out in an impactful way for my society, other than just saying God loves you and buying food for one, someone or giving money to charity that fights homelessness or something. Not much that I do. And as far as growing with the church and living my faith out that way, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's what I've grown up with. You come to church, you kind of grow, you do yeah. a few Bible studies, you, you pray for someone if they're having trouble or maybe help them move or something, but it's not, it's not deep. Like it's not, I'm going to, even through the hard times, I'm going to walk with you. So when I read this Bible verse about the, Lord, Lord, cast out demons and, you know, we prophesied in your name and the growing of bad fruit. I mean, my fruit's probably not, you know, uneatable, but it's not healthy by, by any stretch of the imagination. And if I went before God, I could say, yeah, I prophesied and you know, cast out demons and healed and whatever, you know, not me, but God, whatever. But it's not, 
the only difference between my life and the life of someone who isn't in the church is that I go to church and I believe in a higher power. Like there's not, I'm not, there's gotta be something more to this, right? Like we're talking about living the gospel out now is not just something you do after heaven, but how am I living that out yeah. now? Is it just helping out people or is it actually being involved and in people's lives and actually fighting for the people that can't fight for themselves in this society that mm. seems to benefit the rich and the mm. poor get left behind and that population is growing. Mm. Anyway, that's my rant. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, no, I, I think what I was, what I was reminded of as you were saying those things was um, an analogy that's, I, I feel like came from a talk I heard from Peter Rollins sometime. Um, and, and he was just talking about how kind of culturally and, and so communally and individually, we, we in the West operate on a very um, uh, pressure release system. And, and so there's a lot of things that we, we would point to as being like, you know, these things are, are unjust or these things are wrong or these things bother me or irritate me. And he was saying that as long as there's enough of a pressure release, you know, valve in, in effect from those things, you can you can rant about them and nothing can change and you can still feel like it's mm. OK. And he was talking about like actually the the pressures, the, that kind of pressure cooker, you know, with a pressure valve that works to, to kind of maintain a, an actual kind of status quo that we all in some ways, whether we articulate it or not, have bought into. And I think you're right, is like in the church, we've all we've done the same thing, which is that there's these there's these things which we we can say, you know, if if we can, if there's enough time that goes into, you know, these activities, if somebody's doing these certain things, obviously growing up, you know, every day you were asked, you know, have you done personal prayer and Bible reading? And that was like Read the first Bible, confession you had you to grow, yeah, yeah. grow, grow. <laughs> and but actually, the, the the thing about it was like as long. It, you didn't actually even have to do it every day. As long as you could lament the fact that you weren't doing it every day, oh. <laughs> you felt, you felt that it was that, that you were, that you were engaged with what was, what was the aspiration. Right. And I think I, that's the thing I feel like so much with my own faith, which I was really resonating with those things you were talking about, which is that sense that as long as I can articulate a lament for not being where I think I should be, I actually don't have to strive to gain those things or to be a part of that. You know, I can, I can lament the fact that we live in this Western civilization, which doesn't have, where capitalism actually doesn't have a trickle down of, of money, but where the rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer. And as long as I can lament that, I don't have to participate in that for any sort of change, because I believe that my lament is what you know, which, which is what identifies me as, you know, not in power or not in privilege. But as we've seen, like through all the things to do with racism and, and, and this whole kind of thing about, you know, you can be racist or anti-racist, but you can't just be not racist because, yeah. you know, like, and, and there's these, there's the way that that's been actually reframed um, uh -huh. and, and that, I, that I find kind of personally really helpful. Yeah. Uh 
it makes me think of the it's the thought that counts right like <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly right? like exactly yeah 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 so i so about i don't that, have to do I, that but but if i think about it and i discuss it in my in my group yeah. how we should be doing stuff but nothing ever yeah. changes yeah it's we're we're pro progressive like i remember yeah. growing up in 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 a church we were known as the progressive church but mostly it was just because we were super spiritual and speaking in tongues and flags and and paintings and stuff mm. but now when i look back at them like we like in our theology and the way we lived we were not progressive we were yeah. very much not but it's that outward yeah. thing yeah. contained in in us yeah, and yeah. how did that work out for yeah the community and like and, uh, and oh yeah. you go ahead. well i was gonna say like like every church does does little things like food drives or you know giving money to to something else but it seems to be putting a band-aid on a bullet wound right like hmm. like we do all the the little stuff but very rarely are we going to you know the the higher ups the politicians and be like yeah. you got to do something here like how can i help or even like the mayor or something how can i help fight this like yeah. not and there's always that that uh you know tension between well do i give like how much can i do before i'm stretched thin mm. and how how much like still taking care of ourselves mm -hmm. and not and not doing this but at the same yeah. time if we consider them part of us like the we're we're in this community these are our brothers and sisters mm -hmm. then it is giving towards us um yeah 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 and, and i think that's the interesting thing about um and again this is this is actually one of the pair i think it's one of the parables in in the orthodox heretic which is actually about um a community of people who took so seriously jesus thing that if you know someone asks you to to go a mile you go too if someone asks you for a coat you get you give them your shirt as well and and he talks about how how actually the culture of doing what was radical by in those words of jesus but by, by taking them too literally meant that you just institutionalized what what was radical which then actually neuters it from being that yeah. radical disruption you know and, yeah. and you see that actually interestingly i think in the old testament with with the way that prophets in aren't the voices kind of calling from the wilderness but are become people who who actually are are brought into the very kind of chambers of the king as the wise person who must prophesy for the king about the empire in, that they're in yeah and and i feel like that for myself um and i and i know like i, I can't speak for the people in, in the congregation because it's their own experiences and stuff but yeah. i do feel like for me personally i i feel like there's a point where i'm i'm saying the same sort of things in all my sermons and and it might be it might be like in a in a sense that i'm using different language but i'm saying all these things and and what actually i would probably want to do on a sunday morning one time is just say you know for the next 10 minutes instead of listening to me I want you to think of one thing you can do when you leave this place that's going to make a difference in the world, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. what does that look like? And, and interesting, actually, you know, going back to a shared experience we've had, um, I had an, I had the opportunity to shape something like that at Moose Lake Camp 
those two years that I was invited to become the preacher or invited to be the, the preacher for the senior camp. And, and it was, for me, it was a really kind of profound and, and shaping experience, but I look back at that and, and I, and it was still what, what I could never capture in that time and in that space was the fact that I wasn't, we weren't in people's lives you know, like, like they, they had committed to a week outside of their normal life where they were actually up for anything happening because it wasn't their day to day. And then they could choose what they wanted to or didn't want to take back with it in the same way I could. Um, but it's that question about like, you know, the, the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And I'm just like, I, I keep you know, I keep striving for these things. And I, I tell myself it's hard, you know, I, it's hard. It's hard for me to know how many shirts is too many to have in my closet before I need to give them away to somebody who has no shirts, because mm -hmm. I need to make sure that I'm not cold. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, I, I don't think that's what Jesus is saying here. But, <laughs> but yeah. like, like when it talks about the few, like I always grew up thinking the few was the church, like in the global. It was definitely us. Yeah. Global community, we are the few. But what if the few is the few in the church, <clears throat> right? Like it's, hmm. it's actually life. Like what we have is singing and going to church and worshiping and feeling good about ourselves and and that kind of stuff is is fine to a point. But it uh, maybe it's not the life that we're supposed to give. Like maybe the way to life is actually to give instead of receive. Mm -hmm. And yet we're stuck on the, the receiving from church and not the, mm -hmm. not the giving. And <clears throat> I forget who said this, but they were talking about Jesus. And they said, if you want to know how Jesus lived his life, the only thing you need to know is that he was crucified. They don't crucify people that are part of the system and, you know, being, like, like that was saved for the bandits and and the insurrectionists, like the, the, the insurrectionists, yeah. the the people that were fighting the system. Like that was that was designed for those people. Mm. So if you want to know anything, like he wasn't part of like the government or the church leadership or whatever. Like he was crucified because he was fighting those things. Yeah, and I, I'm not. Hmm. Yeah. And interesting, like the, the framing of this, this section here too, where it starts with, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them for this is the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. And I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Mm -hmm. um, and what I, you know, what I find so challenging about that is, is that, is that Jesus says, whatever you wish others would do to you, do to them not wait for somebody else to do something so you can reciprocate it. And, <laughs> and you know, like it's, yeah. it's you do to people what you want, what you want them to do to you, not because they will do it or if they ever do it, but because you want mm. to live in a way that is reflective of how you wish others would see you and live with you as well. And he says, that's law. That's the law and the prophets. And then the people yeah. who don't do that are actually workers of lawlessness. Yeah. Like the invite people to your uh, supper table, but only the ones that can never repay you. Yeah. And so, yeah, Biblical. like I, mm. like like I always read that chapter, and I'm like, oh, it's talking about the 
the um what'd you call it the the prosperity gospel people and how mm -hmm. they're missing the point and stuff but i think it's more than just that like i think we really yeah. need to take a look at our lives and and the way we even view church and and our communities around us um yeah what what i have is is yours and how mm -hmm. does that how does that work out and am i if perfect love drives out all fear and i've got fear that i'm going to dry run thin mm -hmm. then maybe i'm not living in that love that i know god's going to take care of me yeah or provide yeah. Yeah. and and not recognizing i think you know actually the place of community right like the crazy thing is is that we've we've bought into faith being so individualistic that even in what you've said which i every word you've said i'm like i would have said that exact sentence yeah but because i'm on the other side hearing it in our context right now what i wanted to say is like is like you've you said you know can i give everything away and then still trust god to care for me and it's like can you people. give can you give yeah can you give everything yeah. into the community trusting that the community is there to care for you yeah. obviously god you know works in those things i'm not trying to like you know push him out of the picture or anything like that yeah. but it's just but it is that sense that actually we we even are so individualistic that we want to say that you know we will we will kind of choose to give all the things away and then god can still care for us and then well god cares for me i can then care for other people yeah. But actually, as you as you're saying at the beginning, that sense of like, what does it mean to actually be a community that that leans on each other, that is vulnerable with each other, that is open with each other? Because the crazy the crazy thing is too is is like hospitality, how we run it often is is a, it comes from a position of power, mm. and and I still use those prayers. Like I say, you know, I pray for those who are less fortunate than myself, as if as if what I have is anything to do with me or, or as if what I have is something that it's okay if I, if I keep it for myself, because I recognize that other people don't have it. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. it's not mine. Like, and I think like, that's the thing I find challenging about the early church too, is that sense like, and the whole story of Ananias and Sapphira, yeah. which is just that like, if you, if you claim with your mouth that this is God's for yeah. the people of God and, and you give it up in that way, then uh -huh. recognize that you, that you are participating in something else that isn't about you and yourself mm -hmm. individually, but actually is about your, you know, that kind of common sharing. Um, which and I don't think something. with, with Ananias and Sapphira that it would have been an issue if they had just been honest. Like if they just said, you know, we, we sold this land, here's 50% or something. Yeah. And they kept it. I don't think that would have been an issue, but it's the lying. Yeah. That's everything yeah. we got. And so what in my own life, or as a church, one in the one in the community mm. that I'm involved in, are we saying mm. uh, that Jesus wants or or that we should do, and yet not doing? Like, yeah, yeah we're 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 doing stuff in the community, but or we're doing everything we can, yeah, but we're not. And and I guess and, and, and I think be honest, yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like for me personally, what I feel that kind so of challenge is okay. <laughs> so when i was no uh, it's it's that is that like what am i what have i what have i constructed in my in my um external spirituality or practices yeah. which are actually the very things which are stopping me from doing the thing that god is actually asking as you just mm -hmm. said you know that, that question of like what does god want more 
then, you know, yeah, what, what is God asking of me? That actually is that hard road that's going to lead to life that is for other people that isn't about my own place in the world. And, and what have I constructed that makes me believe I'm doing it so that I don't have to actually walk that path? Well, I think it comes back to what you're, you're saying about the, you know, do to others that you wish would do to them. What do I wish that the community would do for me? What do I, what do I need from the community? And then do that for the community and, and have that grow. Like, it's just like, oh man, like, I don't know what my journey is lately, but it's just, what are you, what is, what is your faith? Like, what is your, your faith journey? What is, what does it mean to be a follower of, of Jesus? And, mm. and I gotta be honest with you, it's radically different. The more I get into it and the more I think about it, than I grew up believing that it was mm. just say the sinner's prayer, go to church tithe and uh and you know stay away from dark places and make sure your holiness doesn't get dirty and and all that and that's that's basically it like it's all it's very personal it's very individualistic and and i lied to myself thinking that if i was part of the church body and we were all doing it then we were we're doing the community thing, but it's, it's not, it's, it's deeper than that. It's. Yeah. Well, you, you've, you've landed us in deep waters at 20 minutes, Derek. So we're going <laughs> to, we're going to let people sit and stew in that. Um, yeah. But so, yeah. okay. So in, in the comments, Comment on on how the the body of Christ can actually be living out this community thing. How can we actually be what we what we need in our own lives? Yeah. <laughs> like I just the the God will just come in and do do what He wants to do, and He'll fill in the gaps that we have. I mean, if we're the hands and feet, if we're the ambassadors of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. then what are we actually doing and how can we do it better there you go there you go there you go well so comment yeah and ne- next week we'll be back uh again with the uh with the final uh verses of chapter seven from matthew so if you want to read ahead um and then and then in two weeks time we'll be revisiting um yeah revisiting the whole of the chapter and uh, i think if you think back to kind of matthew 5 the beginning of the of the sermon on the mount with the beatitudes and some of the stuff that we're we're talking about it's, it is that interesting you know um contrast of you know the ideals and what god is doing and then recognizing our place in it um and what what we're what we're called to do but not just as individuals but as a community uh, of people who who have who believe in something bigger than ourselves, and believe that the work of God is is unique and uh, yeah, I, I I I'm just gonna stop talking. I'm just yeah, I'm done. That's, that's it. I'm just that, sitting there for a little it. bit. <laughs> there you go. Okay, blessings. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Toodles. Peace.